Good morning, family. Uh, welcome to Church at Home. My name is Reggie, and it's, it's great to be together this morning. A special word of welcome to anyone who's joining us for the very first time this morning, from wherever you are in the province, in the country, or in the world. We actually look forward to the day when we can gather together again and get to meet you in person, especially if you stay locally. Now today we are in the second week of our series in the book of Colossians titled, Christ is Enough. Now isn't it good to know that all that we need to be right with God is Jesus. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That's all we need. Now today we have some really exciting videos that are lined up for you. Two videos that are really fun and exciting. The very first one is a collage of pictures and short videos from various people in our church, from men and children who are sharing some words of encouragement to celebrate our woman in this month. Muradeo will also be praying for our ladies. The second one is an update on chapter 3.5. And let me tell you this, when you watch that video, you will see that God is at work. But before we get to our singing together, let me read a few words from Psalm 63 to direct our hearts or to call our hearts and minds to worship God together. And let me tell you that David actually writes these words while he is at a difficult place. But even there, he still sees that God is all that he needs. Let me read to us Psalm 63 from verse 1. God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Those are great words. So now let's pray together. Our Father, we do indeed pray that all that our life, all that our soul will thirst for is you. We pray that even as we sing together, that now you would direct us to your glory and your power. Would you help us to sing with hearts that are grateful for the work that you have done for us in Jesus and the work that you continue to do for us in our daily lives. Lord, remind us as we sing, remind us as even as we come to your word that you are all that you need. You are all that we need. There's nothing in this life better than you. And in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen.
Good morning, church family. Would you join me as we say the prayer of thanksgiving? Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we humbly thank you for all your gifts so freely given, for life and health and safety, for work and rest and friendship, and for the wonder of creation. We thank you for preserving throughout history a people for yourself. Above all, we praise you for our Savior, Jesus Christ, for his death and his resurrection, for your life-giving spirit, and for the hope of sharing in your glory. Fill our hearts with all joy and peace in believing. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. My name is Moradillo, and I'll be leading us in prayer this morning. Please bow down your heads as we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your eternal love, your tender mercies, your goodness, your protection, and your grace upon our lives. Thank you for our families, our ministers, and all our loved ones. We want to thank you especially for all the women in Christ Church Midrand and all over the country. We ask that your presence will never leave us. We pray for the poor and those in need. We ask that you supply all their needs according to your riches and glory. Send help their way. We pray for those that are going through tribulations, trials, challenges, difficulties, those in grief, and those that are depressed. We ask, Lord, that you remember them and show yourself unto them, that they may know that you are always a God who never leaves his people. We remember the women that are sick, those infected with coronavirus, and those ill because of one disease or the other. O oh Lord, our God, you are the great healer. We trust in you to restore their health. We pray for those looking unto God for a future partner. Grant unto them the bone of their bones and the flesh of their flesh, that they may come together to build a Christian home and have godly children. We also pray for the barren women, trusting you for the fruit of the womb. Father, even as you remember Hannah, remember them also and open heavens unto them. Answer their cries and bless each and every one of them with beautiful children. To the expecting mothers, grant unto them safe delivery of their babies. Lastly, we pray for those that need salvation. We ask, Lord, that you divinely visit them and let them have a personal encounter with you. Thank you, Lord, for we know that everything we ask in your name shall be given to us. We therefore ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi everyone, happy Women's Day. I live with three women and two female rabbits. Um, so I have my hands full. Uh, what I find with women is they help you make decisions quite quickly. When I have a question, it's normally answered by, um, for what, or are you crazy? So that helps me quite quickly. The other thing I found <laughs> out during lockdown is that women face different challenges to men, either in the workplace or even at home. And as husbands, we should continue to pray for them. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Happy Women's Day. Um, the influential woman in my life that I just wanted to mention and I'm grateful for is first and foremost my mother. Um, she is amazing. For those who have met her, her name is Baby. I am Baby's Baby. She is just amazing. She is my rock. She has gotten me through so much. And together we have grown not just as people, but we have grown as followers of Christ. We've just seen ourselves grow in leaps and bounds because we both 
both support each other in making sure and keeping ourselves accountable to continuously growing in our faith and in our walk with God, which is just one of the biggest things that have kept me going through these years. And another woman is Astabu. Some might know her. She is currently living with us with her daughter. And she has gotten through so many things with her daughter as well. And I just enjoy seeing that same relationship develop in somebody else and in someone else's life as well. So yeah, I'm just grateful for females and I'm grateful for ministry and I'm grateful for Christ and all of us all together just make it beautiful. So have a lovely Women's Day. Hi, it's family. Happy Women's Day to all the women. Uh, my name is Kelly. I'll be mentioning some of the amazing women in my life. Um, so first there's my mom. My mom does everything for me. Uh, she's the most important woman in my life and I love her a lot. And so my sisters, they make me laugh, they're funny and I love them. Um, there's Eleanor. Um, Eleanor used to help me with my schoolwork. She used to discipline me. <laughs> um, She'd make me happy as well, and she's in Uganda, so I miss her a lot. Uh, there's Kate here and Samantha here. They discipline me. Kate makes amazing soup, and Samantha, amazing flapjacks. So they are amazing for that. And Auntie Christina as well. She helped me when I first came to Christ Church um, as I was getting bullied, so she helped me get over with that. and. She is amazing as well. <laughs> so yeah, happy Women's Day. My mommy is so special to me. My mommy is uh is uh she's very nice for me. She teaches me how to play the piano. She plays games with me and she uh and and I help her cook also and and I love her very much from from my heart. Hi, I'm Zia. Most of you might know me. So I was asked to talk about two women that impacted my life spiritually and physically. The first one is my mother. My mother is always there for me. She's always doing everything for us. She teaches me about music. She, she introduced me to music. We always have fun times and we always play games that usually end up in laughing. Next is my grandma. My grandma, or Amam, which I call her, is she, she teaches me everything from the Bible. She's always getting us to learn memory verses after memory verse. She is trying to impact our spiritual life with Jesus. She's trying to bring us closer to Jesus. Everyone, the next person that I'm going to talk about in my life is my Akka. Her name is Akka Jareen. And, and she does music with me, she teaches me Jesus songs, and she just got married a few weeks ago. And, and she's very pretty, and, and I also love her to my heart. I love my mother and, and Akajarine to my heart. Hello everyone, happy Women's Day to all the lovely women at Christchurch Midrand. Um, my prayer to you is the prayer that our brother Jude prayed at the end of the book of Jude, um, and I'll read it out. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to 
present you blameless before the presence of his glory and great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forevermore. Amen. Keep standing for Jesus, keep contending for the faith, and keep living for him wherever he has blessed you. God bless you all, and I miss you. Bye. Hi, my name is Tyne. Um, I'm thankful for my mom because she's always there and she's very creative. I'm thankful for Nadi because she cleans our house and she's like family to us. I'm thankful for Fiona because she's my aunt and she's, she's very loving. I'm thankful for Kate um, that she's at my school <laughs> and that I can see her. Um, hi, I'm Kate Stora and I just want to say thank you to all the women that have been in my life. Um, uh, I first want to say thank you to my mom that she's been uh, looking after me 12 years. She's put up with me and um, thank you for Google Nadi that she's also put up with me and helped us a lot. And yeah, and I also want to say that I'm thankful for uh, Kate and Fiona that they've loved me and they've cared for me. And I would like to say thank you for my. Uh, my grandma, who's taken care of me and helped our family a lot. Uh, happy Women's Day. Hey Max, it's Women's Day coming up. Tell us a little bit about your mom and what, what makes her so special. Um, what makes my mother special is um, I recently had exams and uh, she helped me get one of my best marks with her um, great thinking and she came up with a good um, study plan. And that's how I got one of my best marks ever. So, yeah. Holly? Um, if I ever, like, forget something and I'm worrying about it, she'll always, like, help me in a way. Like, if I forget my PE kit, she'll bring it to school and stuff. So, she's always there when you need her. And it's not just mums that are special in your life, you've also got very special grannies and nanas. Max, tell us about what makes your granny so special and nana. Uh, what makes my granny really special is um, she's super kind and she spoils us a lot. And she's just very lovable and it's nice to spend time with her. Polly? Well, grannies are sort of like mums that don't shout. They're loving and they spoil you, like Max said, and yeah. So you guys are just very happy to have the woman that you have in your life, right? Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Good morning, Christchurch. And uh, as usual, it's good to be with you. It's good to be in your living rooms. Um, I'm here with my very special uh, guests, Kathy and Reg, and I'll, ask them to just introduce themselves briefly in a moment. We are here to share some very, very exciting developments uh, relating to chapter 3.5. So you'll remember, if you can remember uh, days before COVID, you'll remember we spoke a lot about chapter 3.5 and really it was about making the most of our 25th uh, birthday celebrations. It was about God and all his goodness to us over 25 years and how we can um, pay those blessings forward. Uh, to others. So we laid some plans and uh, the plans had three legs to them. The first leg was inreach, which is how do we deepen our DNA, a redeemed family of servants on mission? How do we, how do we realize that DNA increasingly? 
how do we make disciples who make disciples? A range of plans around that. Uh, the Care and Crisis Center, which Kathy's going to speak to, sits sort of on the boundary between between inreach and because it serves our Christchurch community and outreach, which obviously is um, trying to make connections with the community around us. So that's where the Care and Crisis Center sits. Uh, what Reggie has planned sits very much within outreach. Uh, it's it's on the act. We're accenting the the mission aspect of our identity when we think about what Reggie's doing in his plans. And you'll remember church planting, and church planting as regularly as possibly as we possibly can, and as well as we possibly can, uh, was part of Chapter Three Point Five. Uh, and and Reggie's going to speak to some exciting developments in that area. The final leg was the infrastructure to make all of this happen. Uh, so building was a very big component of chapter 3.5. So we'll start with inreach and um, it's only appropriate this being Women's Month that we do start with Kathy. So Kathy, uh, please just briefly introduce yourself and then we'll get into it. Yay for women. Hi Royden, hi everybody, Reggie. Uh, my name is Kathy. I um, have been on staff and am volunteering or working at the church in, in different capacities over the last couple of years. I have been involved in the support ministries and in the counseling ministry. Thanks. And now your big focus, uh, you, you don't necessarily leave all of that behind, but you are investing uh, strongly in, in the center. So tell us, t for people who you may just have a vague idea, but are not clear because I think you've got a very clear idea of what it is we are hoping to achieve. Tell us what we're trying to achieve at the center. What's the big vision? The, the big vision is to uh, transform families with the gospel. And, and what does that mean? Well, we're hoping to, uh, as we put the center together, so that people who are facing abuse, who are facing uh, rejection by their families, of unplanned pregnancies that they will be able to come to us and find a place of support a place where they can find counseling uh, also a place where they can hear the gospel and uh, so and we want to be able to meet their need but also hopefully speaking to the family structure and so that is where the abuse uh, is happening that's where the, where the root of it lies it's within the family structure and so we're, we're hoping to be able to reach beyond that the person and be able to minister to and, and change the family structure so that that family structure then can affect and change the families around them. And so hopefully that way the whole community will be able to be reached uh, with help, support and with the gospel. Sure. It's a big vision. Exciting. Uh, what, so, so how do you eat an elephant that size? What, what, what are the, what sort of progress have we made um, to date? And, and what gets you really excited about this whole project? So share that with us, get us excited as well. So the progress and what makes you excited? Okay, well, many things have happened. So since January, we've been uh, networking and connecting with different centers, organizations that uh, are focusing either on gender-based violence or abuse and unplanned pregnancies. And we've been basically meeting with them to kind of understand what the needs are in our community. Uh, and beyond that, we've done or conducted a survey within the church community, and we're hoping now to broaden it to the rest of the Midrand community uh, on what exactly the same thing. What are the needs? What, uh, what are the burning issues in the lives of people around us? And also, what are the um, what kind of abuses are they facing? What are the prevalent types of abuses that, that people are encountering? 
encounter, encountering can't say that word today. Uh, you know what I mean, right? Uh, so that we can we can be sure to meet that need uh, in the centre. Then uh, some of our counselling team members, our counselling ministry team members, have said they want to be involved in the centre, and so we've been doing some gender-based violence training with them of late, as well as training on how to set up a, a centre for unplanned pregnancies. Uh, and then finally, what we've done is we've put together a steering committee. Uh, of a group of, of different people. And I, and I guess if we're talking about uh, what am I getting excited about, it's, it's probably this committee because we're uh, it's people together that have such a diverse background and yet the passion to, to serve others and to serve God and to see this center happen. Um, and so, so to realizing as we're going that this dream, this hope to meet people's needs where they are the most vulnerable, uh, where it is the most painful, uh, time in their lives that we can that's becoming a reality that we can actually meet their needs uh, so that's that is super exciting uh, as we're doing that i'm going to ask reggie uh at the end of our conversation to pray for you and then you for you to pray for him uh, because i think we need to respond in prayer to that 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 really big vision and and uh the exciting developments around that so we can give thanks to god and we can commit those plans reg Let's talk outreach. Um, just take a moment to introduce yourself to those who don't, may not know exactly where you fit into Christchurch Midrand. I'm sure most people do, but just take a moment to do that. Hi everyone, I am Reggie. I am uh, the Young Adults Pastor at uh, Christchurch. I've been there for the last two years or so. Uh, and at the moment I am you could say um, a church planter, so looking forward to planting very soon. Um, so I'm just going to jump in and answer the question on vision um, that Rodin posed to Kathy. Um, so uh, as part of outreach, I've been sent out by the church. Um, part of it has been my desire to to plant, uh, to to plant, and the area that uh, uh, we're looking at at the moment is the Centurion South. Um, so other side of the N14 with that intersection with the R55. And that's a great area because it's an area that, uh, that is interclass, uh, if you would say. I guess you'd say the poor backgrounds and more people who are in the middle class. And the vision of the church, which at the moment is called Life Point, uh, is to see that particular area and the, the, the city of Centurion, if you could call it a city, being transformed uh, rejoicing and filled with the life that Jesus offers, um, the life that is abundant, as we are told in John 10. Uh, so that, that, that is the vision, to see uh, individual lives, to see families um, and, and the whole community being transformed. Um, so yeah, that's the vision of the church. Again, it's a big, bold, hairy, audacious vision, um, mm. and it's an exciting one. So I, I would like you to yeah. share in a moment what excites you, but Aside from being very involved in the evening service and with the young adults, you've been dreaming, scheming, researching, plotting, planning. Where are yeah. we in the process? What are we, what are we hoping for? Uh, where are we right now? And, and, and what are we hoping for in the, in the immediate future? That's cool. Uh, so one, I was asked by the church to, to write up a proposal. So what, what would the church be about? Uh, where, would you be re, where would you be planting? Uh, who would you be reaching out to? That has been done. 
And from then on, this church, uh, so we, I and the leadership of the church have been really talking and praying about uh, a group of people, um, you can call them the core team or core group, that would join me in this vision where we'll plot and pray together and see how we could reach out to that area together. So the next step now is to reach out uh, to that particular group of people. So there are a number of, of people we've been uh, praying for uh, that uh, we will be approaching in the next uh, uh, coming weeks. So I hope that as you hear this, you yourselves are thinking about it and praying about it. Uh, and that if it's you, that you will be ready to hear uh, the, 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 uh, this vision and this plan as a, that, that we have as a church uh, to reach out into that area of Centurion. So that's the, that's the next steps uh, for the moment. What's exciting me is to see the kingdom expanding, uh, seeing people coming to know Jesus, especially a group of people whom you could call uh, unchurched or dechurched. Unchurched, uh, they have not been to a church, not really heard much about Jesus. Dechurched used to be in the church, left the church. So seeing that particular group of people coming to know Jesus especially uh, when they're young adults and young families. Uh, so that's what, that's what is exciting me at the moment. And just being able to meet with a group of people who will have the same passion. So folks, if, if Reggie comes knocking on your door, please give him, lend him a willing ear. Please take it seriously and prayerfully consider it. We are 100% behind him. We are so excited about both of these projects. They really are uh, um, under the, the, the good hand of the Lord, uh, the realization of what we had hoped for when we first started scratching together some ideas around chapter 3.5. So thanks to both of you guys and your commitment and your passion for the gospel. And it's been great to hear from you both. I'm just going to ask you to close in a word of prayer for each other and each other's plans. And then I will briefly speak to the third leg, which is infrastructure. Thanks, guys. Let me start. Uh, Father, we do thank you uh, for uh, the work that you've been doing uh, in our church through the care center. I pray, Father, that you'd use this ministry to serve the people in our church and those outside of it. Pray for great wisdom for Kathy and uh, the controlling team or supporting team as they uh, move forward. Amen. And Father, we want to just uh, commit Reggie and the plans and the desires of his heart to you. We pray, God, that you will be glorified in and through him. And I pray especially as he goes and speaks to the different people, as he approaches people to become part of this core team, Lord, that you would guide uh, and that you would uh, lay it on the hearts of those who uh, you want to be, have part of this team. And so we, we look forward to you, Father. Uh, what you're going to do uh, as we send them out as a church uh, to this community. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Final leg was infrastructure, folks. Uh, you remember that. And um, you also remember that just before COVID, uh, we had already uh, committed contractually to, to, to gutting the small hall and to refurbing it. And so, those plans have proceeded. They've, they've, they've had to proceed um, even despite all the upheaval of COVID. And uh, we're going to play out with a video that hopefully you're going to find very, very exciting just to see the development and the progress there. If you, before we do that, just, just, just capture an image of your mind of what the small hall used to look like. 
and then use some of your imagination to fill in the gaps with what you see. So enjoy the video and thanks for listening. Morning once again, a warm welcome to anyone who's just joined us in the last few minutes. Really hope you've been encouraged by the music and the videos we've just watched. Now let me share with you a few family news items just to update us on what is happening in the life of our redeemed family. The very first one is our Sunday night live service, which takes place at 6 p.m. over Zoom tonight. So in this service, what we've done in the last few weeks is looked at topics such as race, gender-based violence, our fatherhood. And last week, we actually began a series titled Imbogodo, a series where we are looking at Jesus and his relationship with women from the book of Luke. And what you realize about Jesus is he treats women with dignity and honor, and he actually draws them in, and they have a crucial role in his ministry. We'll look at a few women from the book of Luke just to highlight and celebrate our women and the work that they do in our church in this month. Second thing I'd like to bring to your attention is our teens uh, food collection drive. Our team ministry is partnering up with Sarah and Dike Lady in the work that they're doing and the relief work that they're doing in Tembisa. So we're actually asking you, our teens, to help us buy collecting some non-perishable food and non-perishable gifts which you could bring to the church on the 5th of, of September between 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. Uh, and when you get to the fields, just ask for, when you get to the soccer field, just ask for Refilwe or Dike Lady who will take these items that you will bring. Now hear me, I'm saying we are asking you, our teens. So we're asking the teens to make a sacrifice from their own money if they can. If you can't ask mommy or daddy, and then thereafter we are asking you to go and actually buy these non-perishable goods. And we are asking you to then bring them to the church because we want you to be part of this work. We want you to partner with the teen ministry as they partner with Sarah and Dike Lady. So please consider doing that. Third thing to bring to our attention is our household devotion on the book of Colossians. Now this is a fun and exciting material to help parents to teach the gospel to their kids from the book of Colossians. So we're asking parents to really pair this material we're giving them with the sermon series that we're doing. So as the parent, you could watch the sermon and thereafter take the material and use them in family devotion with your kids. The material is great in that it gives you a 
a kid's appropriate language to help you to teach your kids the gospel, but it also gives you fun ways to be able to teach your kids the gospel. So please consider going to the website to find this material. Fourth thing I want to bring to your attention is our cross, Crossroads announcement. Our Crossroads will be taking a two-week break from the 15th of August, which is next week, and will resume on the 29th of August. Fourth thing to bring to your, fifth thing rather to bring to your attention is our Women's Power Hour. Now this is an advance notice for a women's event that is happening on the 5th of September. So please consider diarizing this and going to the website and checking what this, what this event is about. And right now will be the time for us to take the giving to the work here at Christchurch Midrand. And the way that we will do it is through two methods which are online. You could do it either via EFT or via a SNAP scan. And the SNAP scan barcode and our banking details will actually appear on the screen so that you can take them down. But as you do that, let me just thank you from the church from your continued and committed giving to the work here at Christ Church Midrand. Your giving ensures that as a church we can continue to make disciples who make disciples, to plant churches that plant churches, and it also ensures that we can help people who are hurt in our community, as you heard from the videos earlier. So please continue to give to the work here at Christ Church Midrand. Good morning, church. Uh, our Bible reading for this morning is taken from the book of Colossians 1, verses 15 to 20. 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This is the word of God. Good morning, everybody. It's once again good to be together. And if you are new to church at home, once again, a very, very warm welcome. It really is lovely to have you here with us this morning. For me, it's, uh, it's Friday morning, and uh, for you, it's Sunday morning, but we are together in spirit, and we are together to listen to God's word and to God's voice. Just a couple of things before I pray and we dig into the word of God. First of all, let me just thank all the media team uh, who do so much work uh, to get us church at home, not only every Sunday, but during the week. So let me mention all those involved. There's Mathieu, there's Ryan, there's Proud, there's Jason, there's Brendan, there's Black, there's Bronwyn and uh, Gareth. And uh, guys, thanks so much for all that you do for us so that we can meet together uh, day by day and week by week. Secondly, I just... Uh, want to say that I'm so excited about the developments with uh, chapter 3.5. You've heard from Royden and uh, Kathy and Reggie. So excited about the developments for our, uh, our church plant and then for our uh, care crisis counseling center. And we really do need to pray that God's hand will be upon that so that the kingdom may grow and the gospel may be spread far and wide. Once again, a very happy Woman's Day tomorrow. It's a long weekend. That's great. Uh, of course, here at our church, we have a Woman's Month, and uh, we're having a special focus on on all the wonderful women uh, who are who are part of our church, who are part of our family. Um, so, all the ladies out there, a very very special and happy uh, Woman's Day. And then, lastly, I'm going to pray. I've got Proud here, so Proud, thank you once again for all that you do for us. Uh, week by week. Proud is from Zimbabwe, and uh, I do want to especially just pray for Zimbabwe, and uh, who's going through a difficult time. And there are many who are part of our church family from Zimbabwe, and we have many, many brothers and sisters uh, in Zimbabwe, and we need to pray for God's special hand upon uh, Zimbabwe at this time. We're going to come to Colossians chapter 1, verse uh, 15 to 20. It's been read to you. Uh, so you may want to get out your Bible uh, or your phone or your tablet so that you can follow the, uh, the scripture with me. But let's uh, bow our heads and hearts in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the great privilege and joy to be part of your family. We thank you for the great privilege and joy that we can sit under you and the authority of your word. And Father, we, we pray for one another. You have called on us to pray for those in authority, to pray for those in need. 
and to pray for our brothers and sisters all around the world, and especially this morning, Lord, I do want to pray for Zimbabwe. I pray for your very special hand upon that country at this time. We pray for your intervention with all the difficulties and all the tensions. We pray, Lord, that you will have mercy upon that land. And we especially pray for our brothers and sisters. We thank you for them. We thank you for their wonderful example of being faithful to Christ in very, very difficult circumstances. And we pray, Lord, that you may continue to be close to them. And now, Lord, will you clear our minds and hearts and that we may hear your voice as we study your word. So speak to us uh, through your word and by your spirit, for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, I hope you have the passage open in front of you, Colossians 1, verse 15 to 20. We're spending eight weeks uh, looking at the book of Colossians. Uh, last week, you may remember, it was somewhat introductory. We looked at chapter 1, verse 1 to 14. And uh, this week, chapter 1, verse 15 to 20, the ESV entitles the section, The Preeminence of Christ. And I think the title is absolutely spot on, The Preeminence of Christ. Just a little bit of background again from last week. Notice chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It's a letter. It, it, it's a letter written by, uh, by Paul uh, and uh, his disciple Timothy. He's writing to the church in Colossae, which is in modern-day uh, Turkey. Uh, Paul's writing around about 60 AD. He had never been to the church in Colossae. He had never visited them. In fact, the church was planted by a gentleman, you'll notice verse 7, called Epaphras, uh, who planted the church. He shared the gospel, he planted the church, and we read in verse 7, just as you learnt it from Epaphras, our beloved, our, our, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. Now, you'll remember from last week that one of the key reasons Paul was writing this letter uh, was that they were false teachers after Epaphras had planted the church uh, false teachers had infiltrated the church and they were unsettling the believers. So these were false teachers, not outside the church, but inside the church. And the kind of message they were giving when you read this letter, the kind of message they were giving, they were saying, you know, Epaphras is a good guy, but he's not really all that bright. He's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Problem is, Epaphras only gave you half the gospel. He didn't give you the whole deal. You're missing out. You got you got uh, you you got a watered down version. Uh, you got a cheap imitation. That's really what the false teachers were saying. So imagine you you go to the mall and uh, you buy an expensive expensive original Levi jeans, and you're so excited that you lose the slip, and you go back home and you look at the jeans. And then you discover to your horror in the back pocket a Mr. Price label. Apologies to Mr. and Mrs. Price. It's a cheap imitation. Well, say the false teachers, you were conned by Mr. Epaphras. So they rattled, they unsettled. Did we receive the real gospel? Did we, did we receive the real Jesus? So the false teachers have undermined their confidence, their confidence in the gospel, their confidence in Jesus, their confidence in the message they received. So Paul, Paul writes to respond to that context. 
And he says there, notice chapter 1, verse 5, he says, the gospel you, you received is the true gospel, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Verse 7, the messenger of the gospel, Epaphras, is a faithful servant of Christ. He gave you the real thing. The result of the gospel, verse 12, what you received has fully qualified you to share in the eternal, the eternal inheritance waiting for all believers. This gospel of Jesus, verse 13, has rescued you from spiritual darkness and brought you into the kingdom of Jesus. It's the real deal. Now, now says Paul, let me tell you about the Jesus you heard about from Epaphras. Let me quickly give you a CV of this Jesus that you trusted in so that you'll know for certain that you haven't missed out. So you'll know for certain that you have the full gospel, you have the full Jesus. There's no reason to lose confidence in the Jesus that you've trusted in. So Paul gives us here, in these five verses, he gives us a very brief CV um, of the person of Jesus. So let's have a look at that CV. And let's see how wonderful this Jesus is. He is the real deal. He is the real answer to the world and the problems of our world. Five characteristics. Let's have a look at them. Number one, let's dig in. First of all, Christ is the image of God, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. Elsewhere, Jesus tells us that God is spirit, and therefore we worship him in spirit and in truth. If God is spirit, it means that he can be present everywhere at the same time. He's omnipresent. If God is spirit, then he is invisible. He's unseen. He has no body. Not only that, we would know nothing about God unless he took the initiative, unless God revealed himself to us. He didn't need to do that. He didn't need to reveal himself to us. He doesn't need to do anything. He's God. But he did. He chose to reveal himself to us in the human person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. Now, occasionally, if you have DSTV, there'll be some or other BBC documentary which uh, which has a documentary called perhaps The Search for God or The Quest for God. And it's a documentary in terms of looking for the deity, the divine. Well, well, in a sense, it's really quite, it's, it's nonsense. Um, God has revealed himself in the flesh. We don't have to search for him. No, he's taken the initiative. He's revealed himself in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can read all about it in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Apostle John, who was one of the twelve, who was by no stretch of the imagination a dreamer or a mystic in any sense. No, he was a fisherman. He was a businessman. And in 1 John chapter 1, referring to Jesus, he says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. It's extraordinary. What John is saying is that this is not a myth. It's not a fable. Jesus is not a fairy story. This is not fake news. No, I saw him. I heard him. I looked upon him. I touched him. God in the flesh. And his name is Jesus. 
C.S. Lewis uh, quite rightly said, the greatest miracle in Christianity is not the parting of the Red Sea. It's not the miracles of Elijah or Elisha. It's not uh, Jesus calming the storm or Jesus feeding the 5,000. Of course, those are miracles, but that is not the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle is that God became flesh. God took on human form. It's the incarnation. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Same thing is stated. He, he, uh, he stated uh, once again in verse 19. So have a look at verse 19. He says, for in him, that's in Jesus, in Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. It's an extraordinary statement. So Jesus wasn't just a great prophet. He wasn't just a great teacher. He wasn't just the greatest human being who ever lived. No, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus. So what that means is that Jesus is God in the flesh. He is the image of the invisible God. The invisible God who is spirit has made himself visible by sending us Jesus. Good friend of, of our church who is now with the Lord uh, is John Chapman. Uh, we always call him Chapo. And Chapo told the story that, um, that he was once at a cocktail party and he happened to start talking to this medical doctor. And uh, this medical doctor discovered that he, that he worked for the church. And uh, so uh, the medical doctor said to Chapo, he said, you know, I've been searching for God for years and years. And Chapo said, well, you must have been looking in the wrong place because he's not hiding. He's revealed himself. You can meet him as you read the record of him in the Gospels, the source documents of the Christian faith. Extraordinary. He's not hiding. We don't have to have this endless search. No, God has taken the initiative. God has revealed himself in the person of his son. And when you read the Gospels, so perhaps you are listening, watching here this morning, and uh, you, you are not, uh, you, you, perhaps not a believer, perhaps you, perhaps you think you're on the fringe or you're a skeptic. Can I challenge you? Read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read through them. Um, and um, as you read through it, read it carefully, because if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. What Jesus loves, God loves. What Jesus hates, God hates. In, in African traditional religion, God is normally distant, unknowable, unreachable. And so there's a, there's a need for, for a mediator. And so in, uh, in African traditional religion, you'll have the veneration, the worship of ancestors who are meant to be the mediators between us and God. And Paul says, no, that is unnecessary. In fact, that is incorrect. God is not distant. God is not unknowable. God is not unreachable. No, God has revealed himself in the person of his son. Verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God. For in Jesus, verse 19, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. If you want to know what God is like, all you have to do is look at Jesus. 
Second characteristic, and the first one is by far the longest, to give you hope. All right, the first characteristic, Christ is the image of God. The second one is that Christ is the creator of all things. Verse 15 again, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him. Now, just a quick side road there. Notice there, the end of verse 15, Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. Now, that does not mean that Jesus is a created being. It does not mean that Jesus was not, and then he was born. No, the, the word, the idea, the concept here is that uh, firstborn refers to a position of, of authority, of, of rule, of status. So it's the status of the firstborn. So, especially in African culture, uh, the firstborn has great authority, great status, great responsibilities. That's the idea here, that, uh, that Christ has, has primary authority. Um, and then he says, Christ is the creator of all things, for by him all things were created. End of verse 16, all things were created through him. So, one of the fundamental doctrines of the Christian faith is that, um, that we are not here by chance or fate or luck. We are not the product of purposeless forces or the primeval slime, uh, though we do sometimes wonder about our children. Um, no, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God is the source. God is the origin. God is the fountainhead of all things. In fact, you cannot be a Christian unless you believe in God the Creator. He created all things. We may have some differences as to how He created, but you cannot be a Christian if you do not believe that He's a Creator God. Now it says here, for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth. And you may say to me, but wait a minute, Martin. Uh, Paul tells us here that Jesus uh, created all things, uh, visible and invisible. All things were created through him. But, but Martin, the last time I read Genesis chapter 1, there wasn't a mention of Jesus. You don't find Jesus' name in Genesis 1. So what on earth is Paul saying? What is he getting at? Well, Paul is absolutely right. Remember, now listen carefully. Remember, in Genesis 1, from verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let there be moon and sun and stars, and it was so. And God said, let there be fish and birds and plants and trees, and it was so. So notice there, in Genesis 1, the agent of creation, the means of creation, was the word the word of God, and God said. John, once again, the Apostle John, turn with me to John 1, uh, the Gospel of John, John 1 verse 1. Quickly turn there, John 1 verse 1, where John tells us the same principle, exactly the same principle that we see in Paul, yeah, in Colossians. John 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the word, 
So there's a real parallel there between Genesis 1 and John 1 because we read in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God. John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Same thing as Paul, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Verse 2, he was in the beginning with God. All things, notice verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So Genesis 1, the agent of creation was the Word. And John tells us that it was through the Word, the Word which was God, that all things were made. And Paul tells us, back to Colossians 1, verse 16, For by him all things were created. So if you look carefully at Genesis 1, it's, it's uh, quite extraordinary and it's wonderful. You Actually, in Genesis 1, in the first three verses, you have an almost indirect reference to all three members of the Trinity. In the first three verses of Genesis 1, in the beginning, God, verse 1. God the Father. Verse 2, and the Spirit hovered over the waters. Verse 3, and God said the Word, the Son of God. So there you have, a, you have, a, you have an indirect uh, reference. It's not clear yet. It's, it's, it becomes clearer as you read through the Bible, uh, especially when you come to the New Testament. But right there in the first three verses of Genesis, you have this reference to the Trinity, God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Word, the Son, who became flesh. So try to imagine, try to imagine the beginning of the world, the beginning of the universe. Before anything was here, anything was created, God was already there. Jesus was there. He's always existed. There's never been a time when Jesus did not exist. He's the source of all things. He created all things. I think, I think it takes an enormous amount of faith to believe that this complex, intricate, beautiful world in which we live is here by chance. You've got to have a lot more faith than I have to believe that it was all an accident and luck and chance. No. Right in the beginning, there was God the Father, there was God the Son, there was God the Spirit. And of course, if God created all things, it means that God owns everything. Which means he has the right to call the shots. It means that he has the right to call for your submission and my submission, and your obedience and my obedience, and your faith and your love, and my faith and love. He's the owner. He's the creator. Wouldn't that be strange? For the creature not to thank his creator for life, for blessing, blessings, for, for breath. Wouldn't it be strange for the creature not to listen to his creator, to listen to the instructions he gives us? And sadly, that's what so many people have done before you and I were Christians. That's what we did. And perhaps you watching here this morning and you have not yet submitted to the owner, to the creator. You're not listening to him. Wouldn't today be a good day to start listening to your creator who made you? So Paul says, if he's the creator of all things, surely 
Surely, surely, we live in obedience and submission to him. Thirdly, so Christ is the image of God. Christ is the creator of all things. Thirdly, Christ is the purpose of all things. Notice verse 16 again. For by him all things were created in heaven, on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him, and then notice, were created for him. So not only were all things created by Christ, but everything was created for Christ. That means that Christ is the purpose of all things. He's the purpose of life. Albert Einstein remarked that the modern age has perfect means, but confused ends. So what, what does that mean? It means that we know how things work, but we don't know why. We all love listening to David Attenborough when he describes the wonder, the beauty, the, 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 the magic of, of planet Earth. We all love that. But he never tells us why. Never. Paul says the purpose of all things, the why, is Christ. All things were created by him and for him. Now, of course, our culture, and we are children of our culture. Culture is our mother. And we drink from our mother. And our culture tells us that, uh, that your purpose is me, my rights, my needs, my comfort, my happiness. The reason you need it is because you're worth it. That's what our culture tells us. Remember, Whitney Houston uh, sang, learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. And tragically, she didn't get it right. You see, our culture is incapable, totally incapable of answering the great questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? What's the point of it all? Where am I going? Our culture can't answer those questions. Those are the great questions of life. The Russian author Dostoevsky said, uh, he said, every ant knows the formula of the anthill Every bee knows the formula of its beehive. They know it in their, in, in their own way, not in our way. Only humankind does not know its formula. He's right, isn't he? Paul tells us the formula is not about us. It's not about you and me. It's not about my rights, my needs, my happiness, my comfort. No, it's something greater than me. Paul tells us it's about God, it's about Christ. The purpose is living for Christ. The purpose is living for God, for God's glory. Remember that quote that, uh, <clears throat> that I've used a couple of times. Tom York from, the, from Radiohead was, was, was interviewed and asked about his, his ambitions. And he said, he said, ambitious for what? What for? I thought that when I got where I wanted to be, everything would be different. I'd be somewhere else. I thought it'd be all white fluffy clouds. And then I got there. And I'm still here. 
The interviewer asked him why he carried on making music, even though he'd already achieved great success that he'd hoped for. And Tom said, it's filling the hole. That's all anyone does. To the question, what happens to the hole? Tom paused a long time before answering. It's still there. It's still there. Well, the question is, how do you fill the hole? Well, Paul tells us when you realize it's not about you. It's about God. Everything was created by Christ and for Christ. Characteristic number, where are we? Four. Christ is the image of God. Christ is the creator of all things. Christ is the purpose of all things. And then notice in verse 17 and 18, Christ is the head of the church. 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, speaking there of the resurrection, that in everything he might be preeminent. Now, you, you will know that in South Africa, we have thousands and thousands of, of uh, religious organizations that call themselves churches, but they're not churches. Thousands. You see, a true church, a biblical church, is a church where Jesus is the head. And Jesus rules through his word and through his spirit. And so there are thousands of religious associations in our country. They call themselves churches, but Jesus is not the head. And he certainly doesn't rule through his word and his spirit which means it's not a true church. They may call themselves a church, but if Jesus isn't the head, and if Jesus doesn't rule through his word and his spirit, well, of course, it's not a church. It's a religious association. You remember a couple of weeks ago, we had that dreadful, awful event uh, in Zirbekom uh, with uh, a church called the International Pentecost Holiness Church absolutely dreadful there was there's fighting in the church there's there's obviously a hundred or two hundred million rand at stake uh, there are there are groups in the church and there was a hostage drama five people were murdered countless people were arrested my dear friends that is not a church if you look at the name of that church it has four words international pentecost holiness church it's not a church, it's not Pentecost, and it's certainly not holy. The only word I think that applies is the word international. No, a true church, a biblical church, has Christ as the head. and Christ rules through his word and his spirit. So the head of the church is not, is not a pope, it's not a cardinal, it's not a bishop, it's not a prophet, it's not an apostle, it's not a man of God. No, the head of the church is Jesus. And Jesus leads us and guides us through his spirit, through his word. That is a true church. And Christ is the head of the church. Lastly, will you notice that Christ is the source of salvation. So here we have the CV of Jesus. It's a brief CV. There's much, much more to say about Jesus. In fact, books couldn't contain the wonders 
and the beauty and the majesty and the and the love and the grace of Jesus. He's the he's the fairest of ten thousand. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. He's our Savior. He's our Lord, and we and we love him so much um, because he loved us first. But notice here, verse twenty. So there's so much to say about Jesus. But there we have. Uh, five things. The fifth thing that we learn about Jesus from Paul is that, is that Jesus is the source of salvation. Notice verse 20. And through him, that through Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So, so just notice there, look at the verse carefully, and especially the end of the verse there, end of verse 20, making peace by the blood of his cross. It's quite clear that peace does not come, peace with God does not come through good works. Peace does not come through your religious efforts. Peace does not come by going to church. Peace does not come in and of itself. Peace does not come by prayer or fasting or giving. Those are good things, but that is not how you get peace with God. No, it's by the blood of his cross. So strictly speaking, what Paul is saying here in verse 20 is that you are not saved by Christ. You are saved by the bleeding Christ. He died in my place. He died on my behalf. He died as my substitute. So you know full well the words of Jesus on the cross when he cried out, it is finished. He didn't say I'm finished. He said it is finished. The debt for your sin has been paid. Justice has been done. I have drunk the last drop of God's judgment and wrath on your behalf in your place. And so we speak about the substitutionary atonement of Christ. He died in my place. Imagine that. Someone died for you. Someone died for you. I mean, can we comprehend that? We are reconciled to God. We can know God. We can live for God. I mean, what a wonderful thing that the purpose of your life doesn't have to be yourself. How miserable that is. If the purpose of your life is yourself. My dear friends, that is miserable. You and your little world. No, our purpose, God has rescued us from that, that, that dreadful, miserable endeavor of living for yourself. He's rescued us so that we live for him. And we do that because he rescued us from ourselves. He rescued us from our sin. He rescued us from the wrath of God and the judgment of God by the blood of Christ. Well, let me close. If you have trusted in anything else but Christ, if you have trusted in some other Christ who is not the Christ of Colossians 1, 15 to 20. My dear friends, you will find no peace with God. You will have no comfort. But if you have trusted in this Christ, well, he's supreme. He's preeminent. He's all you need. Nothing more.
and nothing less. If you haven't trusted in him, wouldn't today be a good day to bow the knee to King Jesus and submit to him as King and Lord? Well, let's pray. Let's spend a few moments of quiet. Perhaps you want to tell the Lord where you are right now. You talk to him. Father, we pray again that you would forgive us and cleanse us and wash us when we have been so self-absorbed. Forgive us when we have thought that the purpose of life is me and my little world. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive us when we have devoted ourselves to our own needs, our own life, our own self-absorption. Lord, will you lift our eyes? Will you lift our vision? And will you place it on that wooden cross where Jesus died for us? And will you once again help us to receive his forgiveness, his cleansing, his washing, his spirit, his fullness, his power, his presence. Refresh us, revive us, but above all else, draw us back to yourself. Father, work amongst us, we pray. Work in us, we pray. Pour out your Holy Spirit. And so, Father, as we go into this new week, will you help us to live for you, to know that you are the purpose, you are the point? Will you give us your Spirit? We can't do it ourselves. We really can't, Lord. Will you help us to live for Christ in all that we do? And we pray this for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, thank you so, so much for being with us this morning. I hope you've been refreshed as I have uh, reading, studying God's word. Next week, God willing, uh, we'll be back in Colossians. We'll be in part three and we're going to pick up Colossians 1 from, from verse 21 to verse 23. So do look through that carefully before next Sunday. I hope you have a wonderful uh, long weekend and I hope you have a wonderful week. And may God bless you. I'm trying to fix my hair. Yeah. What's going on? Good. We've got Sorry, that. Guys, just that's me. great. That's recorded. <laughs> okay. You better cut that out. I'm going to smack your face. <laughs> that's going into the bloopers, definitely. <laughs> I'll ask Gareth for that. Okay. Uh, you ready, guys? Three, right. two, one. <clears throat> Okay, three, two, <laughs> one. Go.